Hi, I'm Michelle Olivier, and you're listening to Hey, I Want Your Job, the podcast that looks at amazing jobs and what it takes to get them. Welcome to Hey, I Want Your Job. And today I've got Julie, and Julie and I have some of the same jobs. Mm-hmm. As we were just discussing, <laughs> some very different jobs. Julie, right. what is your job title? Um, head bitch in charge? No, that um, is. Uh, I'm uh, the founder and CEO of Zuby Media and the founder and CEO of the Gutsy Moment Project. So that's Both just what are I awesome. Do. So we're yeah. gonna take one at a time. The Gutsy right. Mo- the head bitch in charge bit is the part that we totally have in like a. Um, so let's start talking about media because that's like that's kind of the straight job right (laughs) yeah it's it's web design so I started my own uh I started my own marketing company in 2016 um because I was head of marketing for a a major music publisher or or one of the biggest I'm sorry indie music publishers in the world and I was sitting in my Q2 performance review with my then boss, and he said, uh, you know, you know what I like about you, Julie? I, I know I can always count on you to give it to me straight. And I was like, well, I'm glad you say that, ma'am, because I want to have a conversation about where I'm going in this job. Because, you know, I've been with the company for a long time, and, you know, I've been with the company through some pretty monumental growth, and I don't want to kill myself my cl- to claw my way up to the middle, which Very is a hard to have. Thing to say. And it, and a very, you know, a very scary conversation to have with the CEO of a corporation, right? But at the same time, a conversation that needed to be had. Yep. And, um, you know, he sat back in his chair and he looked at me and he said, Phew, the best thing I can tell you is there's no place for you to go in this company. Which is a gut punch, but a real true and honest kindness. Yeah. Um, because I would have stayed. It was a comfortable job. I liked my, I liked the job that he did. I really liked the people I worked with. I was working in the music business. So I got a lot of the perks of being in the music business and things like that. So it was, you know, a dream job for a lot of people because there's not a lot of gigs in the music business. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I being me and, and, and wanting to turn my life into something that I really wanted, um, and wanting to grow in a company and wanting to have the big title, the HBIC title, right? Um, CMO I, in most yeah. cases, but let's yeah. go with, you know, HBIC, HBIC, that's great. CEO, you know, wanting to work, wanting to, wanting to move up in a company and, and, and grow in a company and have some place to go. I, um, I started looking for other jobs. And so I, went looking and I interviewed and I got offered other jobs and they just, they were lateral moves or moves to smaller or just moves that didn't mean I was going to get where I need to be. So when I really went looking, I realized the company that I wanted to work for didn't exist. So I'm going to start it. So I started my company then. And, and, you know, at the time it was, I was younger. I didn't have kids. I wasn't married, you know, Uh, so I, I bought into (laughs) <laughs> younger <laughs> oh, the, those are the days eh? I girl preach absolutely all of this <laughs> is so like just speaks to my heart and my experience keep going <laughs> so you know I bought into the idea of the hustle because you know back then the Facebook ads were like the, the bro marketing and those kinds of things so I bought into the idea of the hustle I was working a million trillion hours and it didn't matter you know I had time right and I did all right it did fine. You know, I got to the point where I had, I kept, you know, a couple of people employed. So I had staff, um, and I was just doing like a little bit of everything you needed it. I would find a way to do it for you. You need this, you need that, you need social media, you need this, you need that. I will have, I have someone who can do that for you. And I hustled, hustled, hustled. And then in 2017, I had a baby and she's beautiful and she's perfect and she's amazing but I couldn't hustle anymore because I realized that I had to be back at my desk six days postpartum because I didn't have any way of not doing that. And then a few months in, I was leaving a meeting with a client who I did not like, but whose money I liked. And I missed my daughter rolling over for the first time. And 
it was a big one. You know, that was like, that's like a firsty first. And I missed it. My mom sent me the video and I, uh, that was my first true and honest taste of real honest mommy guilt. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to be there and I wasn't, and I missed it. And this thing was horrible and I felt terrible. And I cried and cried and cried and cried in my hot Tennessee car in the middle of summer where it's 8 million degrees. And so a few months later, my husband and I made the choice for me to be stay-at-home mom. And I'm very fortunate that I had that ability. So I tried the stay-at-home mom thing. I shuttered my company. I gave my employees some severance, shuttered the company. And I'm like, I'm going to do the stay-at-home mom thing. This is the dream for so many people. I'm going to do it. And then a few months, and it was great at first, you know, but then you get into that routine, like wake up, feed, nap, feed, nap, you know, bath, night at time. Like, and I got into that routine. And then a few months in, I realized there are whole groups of people who didn't know my name. I was Roxy's mom. I was Jeff's wife. I wasn't Julie anymore. I wasn't, if I wasn't Julie Mo, badass CEO, who was I anymore? You're talking to someone who had been working since she was 16 years old. And all of a sudden, none of the money that was in our bank account came from my work or my labor. And it was this incredible other side of mommy guilt because I felt guilty for being able to do this thing and not being happy in it. And this wasn't that I didn't love my daughter. I love spending time with her. I loved that. But I felt guilty. My mommy guilt had become mommy money guilt. And I didn't like that either. And then one day I got a call from someone, an acquaintance, and he said, hey, Julie. I was like, hey, what's up, man? And we're in the South. So he's like, hey, I hear y'all are doing something with websites over there. And I need a couple of these uh, artist websites built. And we kind of like look at these Squarespace websites. Can you help me with that? I was like, yeah, man, what you need? I got you. Never built a Squarespace website before, but I know I could handle it. I know I wanted the challenge. My brain needed the challenge. I could not take any more cocoa melon. Like my brain needed the challenge and my bank account wanted the money. So I said I would do it and I've never looked back. Literally one call changed my life because I started building Squarespace websites and I realized why I love web design. There's lots of reasons. One, I get to be creative. It's constantly a challenge because I'm constantly figuring out ways to level up everything that I do. There is a a, a lead time on everything I do. No one's going to call me and be like, Julie, I need a website tomorrow. I need it. I need it this afternoon. I need a website in 15 minutes. There's a lead time. You know, you can set your schedule to be like, I can build this website between September 1st and September 14th, or this is when you can schedule those things out. People value it. They know that. Regardless of how easy Squarespace tells you it is to build a website. It's a lie. It is not that easy. (laughs) You still need someone who knows what they're doing to help you make it great. And to do all of the other 18 million things, the SEO and the copywriting and the making sure your images are the right sizes and all of these things. So it is a service that people value. And at the end of the day, I get to build something and put something out into the universe that wasn't there before. I get to point to something and say, see this beautiful thing? It is there because I did that work. And see this beautiful thing that's helping this business or this artist or whomever grow their career, grow their income. They're doing that because of me. Like I get to genuinely help people. And it is an amazing and very enjoyable thing to do, to get that email that's like, I love this. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful. you and I are officially best friends because <laughs> um, our stories are very similar. So mm-hmm. um, I did not bother to have the where is the headspace for me at this company conversation because I already knew. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I um, I was director of talent act for the YMCA and then I got pregnant um, and it was a geriatric pregnancy, which is everyone's oh, favorite thing same, to be told. Same, same. Um, and they, um, and I was like, right, I'm going to cut back. I'm going to hire an assistant. going to be fine. And I told my assistant, I was like, here's the deal. I'm going, you're going to drive me to the hospital when my water breaks. And then I will dictate <laughs> to you from there what you're going to be doing. And she was like, control freak. Cool, cool. 
And then Mother Nature <laughs> and my husband had other plans. They were like, if this is going to work as a pregnancy, you are not going to do that. You're going to have to actually stay home. And then I, like you, tried to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And I... I had slightly different challenges. One was the same. So I felt very much like I was a taker and I didn't like that. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I had to ask permission to get my nails done or to go have lunch with a girlfriend because I was taking right. from the family coffers and not bringing in, which my husband right. was like, you made a baby. You made a yeah. whole human. <laughs> We're good. But, right. you know, I, I had to think about it. So there was that. And then the other one and I don't know, maybe this is just, I'm crazy. One of the things I love about recruitment is that it's very number driven. I can prove on paper with numbers that I am a hell of a recruiter. (laughs) I am really good at it. And I can, I have stats. I have number, I have testimonials, Julie, people that will tell you I'm the best thing in the world. You get none of that with momming. None. Oh, none. No feedback, no KPIs, (laughs) no quantifiable nothing. You just get whack and then aced with your husband or partner if you're lucky enough to have one, right? Right. And it was like, it was driving me crazy because I felt like I'm not any good at this. And I just spent all day doing things that I felt like I wasn't very good at. Yeah. The baby had a fantastic poop today, you know? Yeah. Like... There's not, I didn't even shit in the diaper myself. Like I just, what he did. so like, you know, absolutely. And my husband, bless him, is English where they have oh, maternity leave. Oh, see, besties. <laughs> so mine was like 12 months. Like, so just do it for the 12 months. That's normal. I'm like, I mean, it's normal in your country. He's like, I'm sorry that you come from a backwards country. I am, but also mm-hmm. this is healthy. And so I tried and I made it to like, seven months and there was this day where that baby looked at me and I looked at him and we were like this again <laughs> and we both went to dad and we're like we're gonna have to make some changes right. <laughs> he needs more people I need grown-ups I need to be me and so I yeah. started like in slow ways back to work and then I finally like I was working for somebody else and was like Oh, I forgot. I hate working for people I don't think are competent. No, no, this isn't going to work. So I started my own company and here I am. But so very, Mm -hmm. very similar. And I think that so many women feel that way. And so many women feel trapped. And I love your point, the call out about you feel so much guilt when you have the privilege of being a stay-at-home mom and turning around and saying, I can't do this. This is not for me. I think my, I think my daughter's teachers, like every year doing our thing, I'd be like, you know, you're making my daughter's life better, but you really, you're helping me live my best life too. Without you, I wouldn't be as happy as I am because I know that you're wonderful and you're taking care of her and she's happy and she's learning and she's growing. Um, without you're helping me live my best life as well. You're changing my life too. I, I, I don't think it was, I, I wanted to be built to be a stay-at-home mom, but I just was not built to be a stay-at-home mom. Same. And I think, like, to your point about mom guilt, you know, one of the the things that my husband and I talked about at the very beginning was that the kind of work that I find enjoyable and challenging is strategic level work. Right. There is no such thing as a part-time strategic level job. That's not, <laughs> that's not a gig. And so I also am self-aware that I am not always good with balance, Julie. I am definitely <laughs> the kind of person who, like, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do the fuck out of it. So, right. like, so my days, like, my team gives me a hard time all the time. That if I say I worked an eight-hour day, what I mean is I sat down at my computer and eight hours later I got back up. Mm. not like I had things generally happening for eight hours and maybe I got lunch or no, no, no. Eight hours straight, I was in back-to-back meetings or on back-to-back projects for that time. And so we were really worried that I would not find the balance with kids. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't ever want to, they should always come first. Always. Right. 
And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. I've had to remind myself and be reminded of others that promise that I made to all parties involved a couple of times. And for the first time ever at my oldest uh, fifth year doctor's appointment, you know, go check to make sure legs haven't fallen off or anything kind of deal. That was the first one I did not take the child to. And I cried about letting them down and not being a mom. And then I was like, this is some bullshit. Why have I done the whole, all of them up till now? It's as much his kid as mine. And like, you know, my inner feminist rose up and like called BS right. on the situation, but it's hard. Like we're programmed that way. You And, and that's, right. you know, exactly what you're saying. And so I a thousand, thousand percent feel everything you just said. Um, you know, it's like at my daughter's birthday parties, I always put no gifts, you know, no gifts needed. Thank same. you. One, because my daughter doesn't need 27 new little things coming into my home. But two, it's because that shit always falls on the moms. Like, let's add one more thing. Not only do they have to remember that the party is happening, but they also have to remember to stop and get a gift and wrap it and a card and all these things. Dads don't do that. I have a gift pile for those moms who require gifts. Like I buy things on Amazon. They sit in a box. They come wrapped. I grab it and I throw it in the thing. Perfect. I love that. I I stole that idea. But I'm exactly (laughs) the same. And I also have a, like people inevitably, as you know, you say don't give gifts, they, they still get gifts. Yes, um, absolutely. But I absolutely never do the opening gift at the party thing because oh. I just feel like all that does is shame. Like, so one kid buys you, is able to buy you like a $200 toy and everybody's like, oh my God. And then like other kids, mom, like could afford a card, mm-hmm. either afford from a monetary perspective or from a time perspective. Yep. Cool. 100%. Like, I don't want that kid to feel bad. That seems like a dick move. Why are we trying to shame kids because of, yeah. So no, you and I, again, we are very good friends already, Julie. I feel like this is, this is it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to text my, the woman that thinks she currently is my best friend and let her know. (laughs) We're going to have to have a reassignment. Sorry, you have been replaced. She lives in Nashville. I'm going to visit next week. Sorry. It'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk we're obviously so aligned on the mom stuff. And I know that the gutsy mom project is really aligned to your other work, et cetera. So I want to talk about that for a minute and kind of get into there because I have a great question for you. Mm. I think that you are uniquely positioned to answer. That is a genuine question. And one that I'm sure you have had a billion times, Mm -hmm. but in my little company, one of my partners is an artist and very talented. And mm-hmm. so she does some graphic design, but she's not like a real graphic designer. She's a, she's a ceramicist. So she's, you know, she knows mm-hmm. enough art to be dangerous. Um, and our website is in unspeakably desperate need of being updated. And she mm-hmm. was like, I've got this. And I was like, I think we should pay somebody to do it. And she was like, that's insane. Why would we do that? I was like, because you don't have any time, but we do have a little bit of money. And Mm -hmm. for what we need, this is like a couple grand and we can Mm -hmm. get this done. And she's like, that's ridiculous. We would have to write all of the copy and everything anyway. So because we'd have to create all of the content, it just doesn't make any sense. It would take just as long for that. And then we still wouldn't like what they did. Mm. I love your face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I'm like. I was I desperate for weigh in yes. on this this argument because it's a genuine like this is an ongoing thing between us. Right. So my way in on it. I mean yeah. you know, I, I love it when some people I, I love it when some of my clients write copy and it's great and wonderful and they really understand it. Sales copy is a very different thing. So when you're coming at it from a copy perspective, sometimes actually having another person in there and talking to you guys and learning and understanding what you do and coming at it from an outside perspective is a very different thing and comes out with much better, more streamlined and succinct copy. But web design in and of itself, the copy is, sorry, I'm going on a, a copy yes, tangent. Go, but like, you're fine. Yeah, The copy is a very, very important design aspect in your life. And you write copy for 
websites and sales pages significantly different and it needs to be written in a format that understands that it needs to look a certain way on a website. You know, you don't want more than two or three sentences in a paragraph because no one will read it. They'll see a big blob of copy and they're never going to read it. Um, and so I like it when my clients, I really love it when they say, Julie, can you just write the copy for me? And I'd be like, absolutely. Because it does sound like it takes me a really, you know, days and days, but I approach it from an outside standpoint and having the ability to ask all the questions that I need, because you need to, your website copy needs to explain what you do so that your 95 year old grandmother can understand what you do, no matter how technical it is. So if I'm coming from it with an understanding, a base understanding of what you do, and then getting into dive into it and then writing it out so that it's simple and overcomes objections. Great. So that's wonderful. As for the actual web design and development, because there's design and then there's development, which are two different things. Yep. Um, as far as, you know, from a web design standpoint, making sure that your website flows visually and goes where the eye of the user needs to go and not just on desktop, but also on mobile so that works and functions beautifully is very important. Um, I, I like to build websites. I, I call them, I say they're very simple. I try to avoid certain things. I don't like, I don't love tons of movement for the sake of movement. I don't like anything that flashes. I like my websites to be simple and I like my websites to convert. And then the other side of that coin is there's so much on the back end of a website build that if you don't do it properly, you might have a website that is gorgeous on the front end that nobody ever fucking sees. Okay. So, because your SEO will be wrong, you won't have your things set up, you won't have your tags set up, you won't have your alt tags set up. Maybe your website will look great for you, but when someone who's looking at it with a reader because they've got a disability, it won't work for them. And so you've got a website that all of a sudden doesn't work for everybody. And that's what you want. You want a website that works for everybody. And you having someone who's built 80, 90, 100 websites, I don't know who's built a lot of these websites, who's already honestly made the mistakes that you have yet to make. Oh, you underestimate our ability to make some mistakes very <laughs> quickly, Julie, but okay. So when you have someone who's either A, like me, who's made the mistakes, or B, someone like one of my gutsy mamas, who has me, who's already made the mistakes, who can come in, who looks over, looks over their websites, who logs in and goes, I would change this, I would change this, let's do this, let's take a look at that. Um, make sure you've done this. Here's the checklist for this. Um, so when you make those mistakes, but there's so much more that goes into your website than just how it looks in the end and in the back end and in your SEO and in your alt tags and how you name your images and how you size your images and all of these things that it, it really winds up being worth it. And when I send my final invoice, like that's my piece of advice for anyone who is any sort of service-based industry. When you send your final invoice, you list out everything that you did. And then they go, oh, I'm really happy to pay this invoice for you. Because I didn't want to do any of that stuff. Because they think, oh, well, I can just go into Squarespace. I mean, I build websites very quickly. Once I do the 18 million things that I need to do before I start building your website, and then I launch websites really quickly after I do the 18 million things I need to do after you finally approve your invoice, after you finally approve the design. So and pay the invoice because that's also important. Yes, None of this is I, I, lo this is not a I love it. I love it when people pay my invoices. I mean, when I think about my ideal clients, when I reverse engineer my ideal clients, one of the things I have is they pay invoices quickly. Yeah, has credit card, will use. So that's a good question for a small business. You know, one of the things that I think most small businesses struggle with is the whole net 30, when do people pay, do they pay, mm -hmm. et cetera. And so a lot of people, especially who do creative work, like mm -hmm. what you do, charge mm -hmm. up front, at least a percentage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then there's always pushback around that, like, why am I going to pay you for something you haven't done yet? So when we offered... B2C services, when we offered resume writing, interview prep, any of that, the answer was until you have paid, we do nothing. Mm -hmm. We do not need to see your resume. We do not need to, we care nothing about you. 
until you have yeah. paid your bill because I am not going to do all this work and then wait on $500. No, 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 no. No, I, 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 I do the same thing. I'm a 50% upfront. I do uh, another 20% at a certain date. It's not based on delivery because my work is oftentimes very contingent upon the client doing their job first. I need them to deliver images, copies, you know, I need answers for things before I can do anything for them. Um, and then it's based on dates. Um, but I do have them do a percentage up front and then 30% and then final percentage. And then they don't get uh, access to their website. I don't transfer ownership to their website until they're, they've paid their final invoice. Until then, it's mine. Um, and I'm very upfront about this. You know, it's all, I very highly recommend uh, setting very clear and honest in writing boundaries with my clients. I tell them when I work, when I'm available, how I'm available, how they pay me, how they can get a hold of me, um, how we're going to do this if we're doing it in Google Docs, if we're doing it on Slack. Um, and I'm very clear with my payments and my boundaries. And I, I feel like it's really important. It shows them how much I value my time. In explaining that to them upfront, my time is valuable. You pay a 50% deposit at time of contract to hold time in my calendar. Um, you get this many amounts of revisions. Otherwise, it is an additional amount. You get this, this, and this. Otherwise, it is an additional amount. If you are late in delivering what you need to deliver, let me know. I mean, usually it's fine. Life happens. I get it. I'm a mom. But um, if you don't deliver and you're not doing your job, you're going to pay a fee to reschedule into my calendar because I'm good at my job. I'm busy. My time is valuable. I could be hanging out with my kid on the couch or I could be building your website, right? So you're paying for my time away from my child. Yeah. Right. I feel you. We have a, a client recently. So we have a policy that if you put time on my calendar and you cancel with less than 24 hours notice, you still pay for that meeting. Mm -hmm. And my fee is $150 an hour. Mm -hmm. So, and my team's, so if you have a meeting with our whole team, and so that is 80 times three is 240 and me is 150. So that's what, $430. Mm -hmm. If you choose to cancel at last minute, a meeting with me and my team, you're going to pay $430 because you took that real estate off of our calendar. Mm -hmm. We could have used that time to bill for somebody else. You claimed it. You claim it, you pay for it. And we had a client who was like, but I canceled that meeting. Why am I paying for it? Because you, you still put it on my calendar. Right. You, you know, you pay for the privilege, my friends. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to tell you how to manage your time, but I value mine and my calendar books up really far in advance. And so you took an opportunity from somebody else by doing that. Mm -hmm. So you still have to pay for it. That's how all this works. So I mm -hmm. a thousand percent feel you like there's yeah. a bunch of shit I didn't do because I had a meeting with you on my calendar. Yeah. And it, like I said, boundaries are, I'm a very kind and loving person, but I set boundaries like a motherfucker. <laughs> Everybody. Because I, you have to with people in my life. Yes, I can do that. I can't do that for you right now. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate, you know, you know, certain people texting me all through the day. But I'm like, I can't do this right now. I'm right in the middle of a very hardcore face down into my computer workday right now. So I, I can't deal with this right now, you know? So I do that with everyone and it's changed my life. In my personal life, it's changed my life. In my professional life, it's changed my life. And I, I'm a big advocate, especially with the moms that I coach. Like I'm a very big advocate for setting real, true and honest boundaries. And a lot of them coming from, you know, nine to five jobs, because let's be honest, nine to five jobs aren't nine to five jobs, right? Everyone has a phone. Everyone gets emails. Everyone gets things. I do not answer emails after hours. It can wait. If you send me an email at four o'clock on a Friday, I will respond to you on Monday. Yep. It's not an emergency, right? Same. I tell all my clients, I do not have Slack on my phone. Yeah. If you Slack me at 4.30 on a Friday, I will not get that Slack. Mm -hmm. It's until Monday. Mm -hmm. I love what I do. What I do is important. It is not, however, saving lives. Nobody no. will die because I did not reply to your Slack. 
in yeah. 24 hours. Like you're going to you be needing, You needing to update something on your website. A, you probably knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> and well, B, mine's recruiting. And so that does move a little yeah. faster sometimes. So like, yeah. I mean, I for me, there are, there are, there are no website emergencies. And if it is like, you know, Squarespace is down, the website's down, well, there's not a lot I can do about that. Right. It's like, I don't know. Okay. Did you think like, oh, well now hang on, let me hit my button. Yeah. <laughs> it fixes all of Squarespace. Yes. I, I obviously have that control. So why not? <laughs> so do you only work with Squarespace? Do you also do other like Wix or um, I mean, other I, kinds say, of I, I can build in anything. I built funnels and things like that. As a general, I am a Squarespace designer. That is my jam. I'm good at it. I've niched into it. Um, that's what I teach in the Gutsy Marm Project. I show moms how to build it in Squarespace um, because that's really how I came up. Like I said, I went through that period where I was like, I will work with anyone, whatever you need, I will do it and I will build it. And I went through that period and then I realized I'm Lana. I love Squarespace. Squarespace is my jam. I get it. I love the customer service. I love so many things about it. And you know, is it perfect? No, but no website builder is perfect. They've all got that annoying snafu where you're just like, oh my God, why didn't anyone think of this? Why is this dumb thing happening? Because like I said, I've tried them all. Click funnels, you know, all the funnel builders, lead pages, Kartra, all of them. And they, none of them is perfect. So sometimes you just have to go with the one you're like, I'm doubling down on this one. And this one makes my life better this way. That's I'm really interested in your why for that, because I can tell you're very thoughtful and you have clear reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering if I have missed something because I, one of my clients just decided that Squarespace is the worst and is <laughs> moving to Wix. And ours is built in Wix because mm -hmm. Wix was easy enough that even I could build mm -hmm. the original one. Um, so why is, 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 what did Squarespace do to become your one true love? <laughs> what did Squarespace do to become your one true love? You know, I find that like, I can look at a lot of websites and be like, this is a Wix website. Mm -hmm. And there's something about, I mean, for me and Wix, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything negative about oh, your website, but I find that there's something about it that I can tell. I, I find visually for me as a visual person and as a, a visual person, I find that Squarespace websites are more beautiful. I feel like they've built, they come, Squarespace came from a place of originally building websites for photographers. So photographers could have beautiful websites because they need as visual person selling something very visual. They needed beautiful websites. So I tend to go with Squarespace because I find them to be very beautiful. And in, in since I started, you know, I kind of lucked into Squarespace in all fairness. Um, but there's a lovely community of people um, who will help you and answer questions. And so there's like a whole Squarespace community. Um, I've had wonderful luck with their customer service. And not always, I have helped a few Wix people out, not always the same for me. So like, I have wonderful luck with their customer service and being very, very helpful. I was in, I was abroad and I got logging in from a new place and I couldn't get into my account and my special password was written down in a very safe place at home on my desk. And they really, truly helped me get into my account, <laughs> you know? So, um, just, just things like that. And like I said, I've just, I've doubled down on it because I like where they're going and I like what they're doing. Um, so I will continue as it is. And I also find it's, it's easy enough for someone who's never built a website, which is where I started to go from zero to a beautiful website in a very short amount of time. And it's easy for me to teach in that way. Like here, have this right here. And now you can have a beautiful website. So it's easy for me to go, it's easy for the moms in my course to go from zero to website very, very quickly. Exciting. So talk to me about the Gutsy Mom Project now. Sure. So we talked about, you know, Julie, web creator extraordinaire. So let's right. talk about the, the Gutsy Moms and, and what that project is and how that works. Sure. Well, the Gutsy Mom Project, I started in 2019 uh, after I had my daughter because I figured out that other moms would probably want to do the same thing. 
you know, other moms want to work from home. Other moms want to set schedules. Other moms want to do big projects. Other moms want to have jobs they're respected for doing. Um, want to create something and put it out good to the world and, and help people. So I was like, okay, other moms want to do this. I'm going to start the Gutsy Mama Project. And so the Gutsy Mama Project is a course and a coaching program where I basically give moms kind of a business in a box um, of everything they need living through my insanely, insanely expensive mistakes because I've made some some whoppers that have cost me money so I can help them work through that and also work through some of the, you know, I think we all suffer from a little bit of perfectionism, you know? So I think sometimes when you're starting a business, not everyone is naturally inclined to kick their own ass into gear. So occasionally you need a little bit of WTF, man. What's, why? You know, sometimes, you know, they, they occasionally need permission you know, you have my permission to fire this client. They are a bad client. They are making you unhappy. You have my permission to fire them and find someone else, right? Yep. You have my permission to just launch this website. It is fine. Stop. What are you doing? What? 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 There is what? no such thing. Perfect. Quit trying yeah. for it. So, um, you know, you, I, it gives them sometimes too, we all need a little bit of accountability because it's easy for us as moms, I think, to sometimes be like, oh, well, my kid, I, I couldn't, and that happens. But at the same time, sometimes you need some accountability to be like, you need to send this to me by Tuesday. And my kid happened. Now I need to tell you. And I think that with moms, there's a lot of, there can be a lot of, oh, I don't want to say I can't do this because mm -hmm. something's come up with my kid. And if we're being fair, sometimes it's hard to know what is really a thing I can't do anything else because of, because mm -hmm. of my kid. And what are things that I would rather not do something else mm -hmm. because of my kid, right? So 100%. my kid has a tummy bug. Okay. That does not necessarily mean that you can't yeah. do something. It means that your kid is home. It means that they may be drinking ginger ale and watching Pokemon. It may uh -huh. mean that other mom or dad is, you know, I mean, like there's a whole list of like things. And I think that, yeah, I can see how having a collective that is in a position to call bullshit a little bit more. I'm like, Hey, right. I'm a mom too. I've got sick kids too, but also yeah. the thing that you're talking about is a 30 minute deliverable. If you yeah. just sat down and did it, it would be done. Yeah. Or even just saying, Okay, I understand how you're feeling, but what are you going to do about that? Yeah. You yeah. don't feel confident about this aspect of your business. Great. What are you going to do about that? Do you, yeah. do you need me to tell you what you need to do about that? Or do you already know? You know, I, I don't feel comfortable with coding. Okay, so what do you need to do about that? You need to practice. Right. Or you have to only ever take projects that never require you to code, which seems not like a thing. Yeah. You want to, you want to charge $8,000 for a website? Well, here you go. But I'm going to show you and walk you through it. You have an incredible, you've got a resource right here. Hi, my name's Julie. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but uh, you're, you're paying for my time. <laughs> I mean, you're, I love it when the mom, I mean, I've got moms who three years later are still jumping on coaching calls every week, which is great. Um, and you're welcome to jump on a coaching call with me and just come for the juice. I love it. But I'd really love to help you build your business. I think that's incredible. And so how does the Getsy Mom Project work? Do they pay for your time as a package and then they, or do, is it a percentage of residuals over a certain amount of time? Like what is, what does that look it's like? It's a course and you get a uh, 12 months, 12 months of, um, group coaching calls with me. So show up when you can show up when you need to. I am here every Wednesday at 1130 ready and willing to jump on a call and help solve whatever problems I possibly can. I mean, we get into a lot of other things. There's lots of other things outside of Squarespace that will dive into, oh, zaps and email marketing and writing and all sorts of things. But, you know, I try to help as much as I can. 
because um, I've done a lot of things. I was head of marketing for a, a corporation, so I've got a I've got a, lot, a few things in my wheelhouse. Uh, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> been around a but, few blocks. <laughs> yeah, I was an audio engineer. I ran a recording studio. Like you name it, I've I've done I've done some some things. Um, and I I love trying to help them figure out problems. I love trying to help them figure out how to wait, solve problems for their clients. Um, while also setting boundaries and letting them know like, Hey, it's okay to say no to that. Like, if you don't want to set all of these things up in systems for your clients, you just want to build their website. It's okay to say, I'm, I'm a web designer, but maybe I can help you find someone to help you with that. You know? So talk to me about how they then find work from the Getsy Mom Project. Do they, because there's so many places out there, Upwork, Thumbtack, all of those kind mm. of groups that are where people go sometimes to look for web design help. I have very strong opinions on mm. the relative merits of Upwork, Thumbtack, Fiverr, all mm -hmm. of kind of the big ones. Very strong opinions. I know you're not surprised to hear it that that would be the case. Um, <laughs> I would like to hear your thoughts. Like, do you recommend that they go to any of those places? Is it more like, you know, you know, I am, I am placement. I am, how do you? I am consistently and always trying out all of the ways and all of the things and new places to try and find work because it's just something else I can show and teach, right? Sure. So I've tried the Upworks. I've tried the Fivers. I find that um, it's for me personally, Upwork and those kinds of things are not worth worth my time. All of my best work has come from referrals and web, you know, SEO, long, real, true, honest, long-term strategies. When you're just starting out and you're willing to take a little less money than I am, that's probably a good thing. If you want to get some people under your belt, that's probably a great thing. Um, I do not have the time to dedicate to it now as a person to make that worthwhile for my cost benefit and return on investment is the, the nicest, kindest way to say that. There are, there are people who make great livings off of, off of um, some of these services. Um, I'm just not one of them. I find that for me and how I work, it does not, they do not value my time in the same way that I do. Now with the Gutsy Mama Project, I tell this to everyone. Your first clients will come from your warm market because you, those are the people who already know you're smart and brilliant and talented. Those are the people who already know that you want to succeed and they want you to succeed. So I always tell them your first client, and it has been pretty much universal that their first clients all come from their warm market and referral basis from there. Um, and your warm market is also to the people who might be a little gentler. If you take a little bit longer to learn how to do something, they know that you're learning, they know that they're growing and they want to support your business. And then, you know, from your warm market, you are going to start creating your, creating your long-term strategies for marketing, um, because you need a long-term strategy and a short-term strategy. So whether for you, if that's going to be TikTok or it's going to be Pinterest marketing, or it's going to be SEO, it's going to be your blog, it's going to be whatever it is you're going to do, you're going to have long-term and short-term strategies and networking. Um, and really the key, and I think that's why so many new businesses fail is you just have to put yourself out there. However, you're going to do it, launch your website and start telling people. And it's super scary to tell people when you're launching a new business. It's super duper scary until you start getting that feedback and you start making a little money and then people are like, okay, I got this, but it's super duper scary. I don't even like it then because I like my running joke in our company is that I have a hard time believing that any of it's real. Like I treat all of it like it's monopoly money. Like, oh, uh, we have money in the bank. That's fascinating. What a great <laughs> hobby we all have. And they're like, right. we have a whole team of people that like pay all of their bills. From this work, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't hear that. I did. This is just a nope. I can't. And it's like there's this huge imposter syndrome for me around the fact oh, that yeah. you know, I have a 
my business coach informs me that I am a very successful business. I don't feel that way. Like I'm not walking around making it rain, like driving a Lambo. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just, like, <laughs> I have some extra money to buy my kids clothes and I bought some bougie chocolate as a, like, you know what I mean? Like it's not right. like mm-hmm. insane. So I know I struggle with that kind of imposter syndrome about like, it was fine when it was, oh, my wife has this little company that, you know, writes resumes and that sort of thing. And now it's, oh, no, my wife has this company that does this, 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 and this and has many clients <laughs> and employees and, 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 and it's a lot and it's terrifying. And like, there's this huge voice in my head that even though I have run bigger teams than this, manage larger budgets had mm-hmm. higher workloads, all of that previously in my career, I still, mm-hmm. that part screams at me. Yeah. Now that we are besties, Julie. Yeah. Does that ever happen to you as well? And if so, how do you deal with it? I don't think it does. No, you're just too good of a badass. Damn it. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think I just sort of went into, uh, right. I think I just immediately changed my title to founder CEO. And um, that that was it. I mean, it was harder for me for a while to define what it is and what I did. And then I niched in web design. I'm like, I'm a web designer, founder CEO, mom coach, badass. Um, and so for me, it, it became, it, it, it is my business. I mean, I'm a solopreneur. I, I do it you know, pretty much on my own with the occasional help of a virtual assistant or things like that. But I'm a solopreneur. And so, um, and I think, like I said, I like web design because at the end of the day, I can point to, this is my website. I built this website. My name is at the bottom. So I have like something very tangible at the end of the day, aside from like a transfer into my bank account. At the end of the day, for me, there is something tangible that I put out into the universe. Um, I I have tangible things. I have people that I put in jobs where they still work and they like, so I feel you. Like I absolutely, I literally change lives in my role if I wanted to get. Yeah. 100%. But I do like, you know, I get people jobs and because of a lot of things about how I work, I get to get people seen and give them chances with managers that they wouldn't have had otherwise. I mean, I sometimes feel some imposter syndrome, um, like when I get calls from bigger companies, like a bigger company that would might like go, you know, to a full stack, whatever. Whatever, whatever. And they're like, Julie, you seem great. Redo our website. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, snap. (laughs) You know, when you're like, okay. you know, every time I raise my prices or like I send an invoice and it, or I send a proposal, I'm like, wow, that's a, every time I send my biggest proposal, there's always that moment where I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. So I definitely, I definitely will get a little bit of the imposter syndrome there. And I think that's kind of just natural. I, I had a, a wonderful business coach and maybe she's a part of it where she's like, you know, listen, imposter syndrome never goes away. It is always going to be there. And as soon as you conquer that one thing you had imposter syndrome syndrome for, you're going to have the next milestone that you're going to have imposter syndrome for. So you just have to just keep pushing. And maybe I'm just, it's there and I'm choosing to ignore it because it's just, it's there. It's just anything we as women suffer from it more um, you know, dudes don't have that problem when they start companies, right? Yeah. yeah. And we're not buying, we're not buying Lambos and that, that kind of stuff. We're buying baby crap and, you know, paying for school education, you know, (laughs) we can't, you know, post a photo in front of it. So, um, look at all this formula, look at these awesome organic diapers, you know? So (laughs) it's, it's just a a different thing that we as women suffer from more. And I think I just, you know, on her advice, her name is Natty Topoff. She's amazing. Um, I just accept that it is what in my, is in my life and then force myself to do it anyway. 
I like it. That's what you got to do. That's all, that's all we can do. And that's what we, 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 I, you know, I've got a daughter. I've got to show her that. And I've got two boys, which means I have to teach them that uh, I am just as capable. Yeah. As anybody else. Absolutely. And, and daddy is also very good at cleaning the house, you know, like. Oh, no, daddy is terrible at cleaning oh, the house. Oh, see, like, mine really has been appreciably is... bad. All of this started, <laughs> honestly. So not only, in addition to all the emotional stuff about needing to go back to work, genuinely, our agreement was, look, I'm just going to do enough work that we can afford a maid. Because I <laughs> hate housework. Me too. And he is terrible at it. And oh, I see. was like, we just, we're going to need to, to have a housekeeper. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I was, even if it was just like once a month, if I could just afford one once a month to really clean so that the rest of the time I just have to kind of move the dog hair around and pick up toys. Like, I can <laughs> And so then it was like, wow, but now it looks really bad. The other three weeks of the month. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to make enough that they can come every week. And so that was, that was the initial promise. And so every time I'm like, I don't know if we make enough of about my partners are like, can you afford your mates for the rest of the month? I was like, shut your face. Yeah. <laughs> I cleared that money in like month two for the year. And they're like, then we're good here. <laughs> <laughs> fine be that yeah. way <laughs> so yes i feel you i cannot believe it but we are already out of time you are such a delight to talk to so what have i not asked that i should have asked hmm uh well i think uh, my best piece of advice is always just launch just put yourself out there and i just i, I can't say this enough to enough women especially Whatever is big and scary and hairy and gnarly to you is probably the exactly thing you should be doing right now in this moment to make yourself happy. So just do it. And then if you are a mom who's interested in learning how to build websites, please do contact me because I would love to help you build a life and a career that you really, truly, honestly love. Um, it is my chief joy in life. It was what I was meant and put on this planet to do. So uh, my name is Julie Mo, and I would love to help you with that. Amazing. And all of those links will be in the show notes to make it easier for people to reach out to you and they can see how amazing your website is and be like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> and, and go from there. Fabulous. Thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You've been listening to, hey, I want your job. For more information on how you can get your own awesome job, visit ONH Consulting at www.onhconsulting.com. We offer incredible resumes, no-nonsense career advice, and real-world tips for landing a job in today's market. Check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta for more insider information. Soon, you'll be hearing us say, I'm Michelle Olivier, and hey, I want your job. <laughs>